Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 35 of the Australian Hiker podcast. This week's episode is titled, Which Light for Hiking? Now, at some point, many of us choose to transition from day hikes to overnight and multi-day hikes. And apart from requiring some additional skills and considerations as far as hiking practice, we're also going to need to consider additional pieces of equipment. And the obvious one when you're talking about hiking at night is some form of light. In this week's episode, we're going to go through and discuss the three main types of light that are used for hiking. We're going to discuss powering those lights, so we're going to look at the different types of batteries in brief. And we're also going to discuss hiking etiquette, how to use your light at night time without being annoying. Now, before we discuss the types of lights, one comment I would make is that every group or every member of the group should have their own light and whatever form that happens to be. You don't want to rely on somebody else providing light or providing a torch for you. Um, If uh, you've got to get up in the middle of the night and go somewhere or if two of you have to get up or for some reason you have to break camp in the middle of the night and move on because the weather's turned bad, you don't want to have to rely on just having a torch shared between two or three people. All right, so now we're going to look at, go through and look at the types of lights. So the first type of light we're going to look at is a handheld torch. Now, some of you will remember um, if you're our kind of age, when you were kids, um, handheld torches were pretty much uh, the only thing that, that was available and they tended to be big and they tended to be heavy. And uh, I have memories of this you know, what seemed to be a huge torch uh, that we had when we went out camping and the number of batteries that you put into it was just almost endless. Um, They've come a long way since those days, Um, but if you have a handheld torch at home, and often people do, um, then, you know, you might want to use that when you go camping or go hiking, uh, particularly if you're on a tight budget and you need to invest in other things. Um, as long as you're happy to carry it, um, it's not too large, it's not too bulky, um, invest in something else rather than investing in a new torch. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with using what you've got at home um, as long as it's not too large and too cumbersome. You do need to make sure that it is at least waterproof to some degree um, and often, you know, the bigger they are, the more difficult it is to uh, keep your torch uh, dry. So, you know, that is something to think about. But mostly you'll be okay. So in terms of some of the things that we like about uh, handheld torches um, is that, you know, you can use what you have and you don't have to outlay too much money already mentioned that. 
Um, the other thing that's really important about a handheld torch is that you're probably less likely to blind someone when you're using it. And we'll talk a bit about etiquette um, later on in the podcast um, about the, the do's and don'ts of using a torch. So you've got a bit of control over it and you can uh, direct the light in the direction that you're wanting to direct the light. One of the things that we don't like about handheld torches is that you actually sometimes need two hands. Um, so they're a little bit awkward. Um, if you, you're doing close work, um, you've, you've got to hold the torch or position the torch um, so that uh, you could free up both hands and that's not always that convenient. Again, as I've mentioned, they can also be uh, bulky, um, but not always. Um, and if you're having to hold the torch, uh, you can get a bit tired of doing that if you're needing to do that for um, a long period of time. The thing about handheld torches is that you can buy them for a very small amount of money or you can pay a huge amount of money. Um, and again, as with anything, it comes back to what kind of use you want to put it to. Um, so, you know, an expensive torch will shine a light a very, very long way. For most of us, that's probably not not at all necessary. In the recent poll that we did, uh, we found that only about 9.5% of hikers uh, used a handheld torch as their main light, um, which is uh, not surprising, uh, particularly given uh, perhaps the weight of some of the torches and uh, probably that they're better used to things like car camping. Now, the second type of light that's commonly used or, or, or more commonly used in hiking is lanterns. And most of us will be familiar with the old Western-type movies when they had the old metal and glass lanterns, which used to be the mainstay you know, 150 years ago before before electricity. And we're certainly not suggesting you carry one of those. <laughs> um, yeah, and even even over the last 20 or 30 years, they, they, they're now made of plastics and or, or lightweight metals, but they still tend to be big and bulky. Um, so, um, Jill mentioned that um, the use of handheld torches out of the survey that we recently ran, uh, zero hikers actually said they used this as their main type of light. And that's not really unexpected. Um, lanterns probably have their main um, claim or their main benefit in that they provide a uh, a very good group light. So they create a nice ball of light uh, in close, so they don't really tend to have beams on them. Uh, and so if you're cooking or you're in your tent and reading, uh, sometimes it's not very uh, very nice to actually read with the headlight. It's good to have that nice, nice ball of light. Uh, and again, in communal kitchens, this is where they really come into their own. We do own a, uh, a lantern, and the only time we tend to use it is if we're uh, uh, going somewhere as a group or we're only going for a short hike overnight and we just want a bit of extra light uh, because we're not too worried about the weight of what we're carrying. Um, now, the things we tend to like about uh, lanterns is that they're good for lighting up communal areas, particularly in cooking areas, and they'll often come as a uh, uh, in a format where they can actually stand. They often have little legs or they can hang from uh, branches or string or hang from little hooks that tend to come in, in tents. Uh, and it means you don't have to actually hold them. There tends to be smaller and larger units available. 
uh, and the smaller units are ideal for hanging from your tent and reading at night time. One of the things you tend to find is with a handheld torch or a head torch, every time you move your head, you tend to be flashing around the place. Uh, and this is where a lantern just tends to give you a bit more stable light. Lanterns, because of their size, tend to have a longer battery duration. Uh, not always. Uh, so they're great for extended trips where weight's not an issue. So as an example, car camping where you can pack it along and not have to worry about carrying it. Things we don't tend to like um, is larger models can be heavy. Um, and in most cases, they're not particularly good for walking because you've got this ball of light which tends to t uh, create a bit of blindness uh, in the immediate area, so you can't tend to see past that ball of light. Uh, although some varieties do actually come with a built-in beam function, and we've got an image of that, of that on the uh, the written version of this podcast that shows you uh, uh, a little lantern being used as a torch. Uh, and also, that if you're, you, are, you are using it as a group light, the group may tend to get a bit upset when you disappear with the main light source. Um, so, as I said, it's not a particularly common light that is used by hikers. It tends to be more a car camping light. Now, prices will start around about the $40 mark, uh, and they also range up to around about the $200 version for something you'd consider that's not a, a full-on house-type uh, light. Uh, and for the $200 version, they can be controlled by a smartphone app, by a Bluetooth. So again, extra technology for the trail. Uh, and I must admit, I don't know if I'm a big fan or a big, big uh, believer in that sort of idea. Um, anytime you have Bluetooth used on your phone, it's going to dra uh, drain the battery on your phone a bit quicker. Um, but it does mean if you've got a light outside, you can turn it off without having to get outside the tent. So that's really the... Uh, um, the, the pros and cons of, uh, of lanterns. Now, the third and most commonly used type of light uh, for hiking is the headlamp or the head torch. And again, as I said, in our recent survey, 90% or it was actually 90.5% of hikers indicated that they use this as their main light source. Um, and this is backed up on the trail where just about everyone you see will be using a head torch and for very good reason. Headlights are usually fairly compact and lightweight. They go where you go, which means if you decide to walk off into the bushes for a bathroom break or you want to go and wash, uh, have a shower down at the toilet block or um, just go and pick up some water for a stream, um, your light's on your head. It allows your hands to, be, uh, uh, to do what they need to do because your hands aren't tied up holding a light. Um, I have actually used um, headlamps uh, hanging from the roof of a tent uh, as, a, as a reading light, but it's not always common. And sometimes the, the band or strap is not particularly amenable to doing that. Now, the things we like about headlights is that they tend to be hands-free, allowing you to use your hands uh, to do whatever else it is you're doing. Where you look is where the light is, which means that um, if you turn your head to look at something, that's where the light is. You don't have to bring your uh, your torch beam to bear on that. Um, and so this is why they're particularly good as, uh, as a personal hiking light. They're very compact and lightweight, with rare exceptions. Uh, and I've got a, um, a hiking light, which I've been using for just over 11 years now. Uh, and this was in the old days where they had separate battery packs to the light uh, source uh, and this one actually carries 
four AA batteries. So it's actually quite heavy compared to the modern lights, uh, but it tended to last quite a while as well. Most head torches usually have different lighting modes, ranging from spotlight, uh, low, uh, a low-high version, um, to a red beam or infrared that can help you keep your night vision. And also in, the, in that sort of mode, they tend to last... Uh, for the model I've got, one of the little um, Petzl E lights uh, on a full set of batteries, it'll last anywhere up to about 30 hours on that, uh, that little red light. Most headlights are adjustable, allowing them to wear at different angles, and this will minimise um, the risk of blinding others. And I do say minimise here, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So the things we don't like about headlights is they tend to be directional, so they're not best, not the best for providing communal lighting. You either need to hang them from the tree or uh, to actually uh, go through and put them on a table, which means you're not getting the best effect from them. Not everyone likes to wear a torch on their head, and if you're wearing it for long periods, it may give you uh, or give some people headaches. Uh, and uh, as an example, uh, one of my lights, which I've uh, uh, shown pictures of in the written article, is the Petzl E-Light. Uh, and the version is uh, the version I've got is now being updated to have a thicker uh, band that goes around the head. Uh, the older version had a almost a piece of thin string was probably the best way to describe it, and it did tend to cut in a bit if you weren't using a buff. So I found that uh, if I was using this light in the older version, I had to use a buff just to make it comfortable. You also need to be careful not to blind others with the beam. Now, as I said, one of the advantages is you can adjust the beam angle on most of these lights. Uh, but sometimes people forget about this and they look at somebody uh, to talk to them and they're shining this beam straight into their face. So you do need to remember that there is an adjustment on these and that you don't actually blind people. And I think often you get an adjustment to um, tilt uh, tilt the beam down, but also to soften the beam as well. So, um, you know, we, we see people out hiking and we know the kind of lights that they've got and uh, you you just want to go and help them turn their light down a little bit. Um, but, you know, there's buttons there that you can tell that they've never used. Um now, just mentioning my Petzl E-Light again, um, it's one of the rare lights where you have the ability to do it, to adjust it so much you can actually shine it directly into your eyes. Uh, so <laughs> there is a fine line between adjusting so you blind, don't blind other people to, to blinding yourself. Uh, it's a rare light, that, that one. It really does tend to be uh, quite adjustable. Now, one of the things I didn't mention about headlamps and one of the reasons we tend to like using them is um, apart from being small and compact and, and going wherever you go, um, they tend to have a good directional beam. Now, I like night hiking, um, and if I'm on a familiar trail and the trail's in good condition, I'll use my smaller Petzl E-Light as my, my light of choice. If I'm on a new trail, uh, if the conditions aren't good, if it's maybe raining quite heavily or it's foggy or it's pretty rough or there's uh, poor exposure, which means that you might be close to cliff edges and things, um, providing it's safe to, to do to hike, I want a fairly decent quality beam. Uh, so there's another type of light uh, or a heavy grade of light that we own, which is the um, one of the Black Diamond Revolts, which is one of the rechargeable lights. And again, there's... Uh, a number of different versions on the market that are available. Um, so 
This has got a very high quality beam, which doesn't last as long as the little Petzl, but um, it gives you an exceptionally good beam so you can see where you're going. Uh, and when safety is an issue, that's a real uh, it's a real consideration that you want a good quality, high powered beam. Now, the prices of lights started around about $40 for the, the, the headlights. Um, the dearest one I could find on the Australian market was around about $400 mark. Uh, again, not particularly common. Uh, most lights sort of sit between the $40 and $150 mark, and they all do quite a good job. And as I said, in a recent poll, you're getting about 91% of hikers going through and using these lights. Once you've actually chosen which sort of light you're going to go through and use, it's a matter of how you're going to power those uh, those lights. And really, this comes down to batteries. Uh, battery usage is pretty much a personal choice. But in our recent survey, we found that it was almost an even split between people who use rechargeable batteries as opposed to disposable batteries. Now, rechargeable batteries are great when you're doing a lot of nighttime use. Uh, as if you're having to carry a number of sets of disposable batteries, costs can add up quickly, uh, particularly if you're using lithium batteries. The downside is that on longer trips, you'll need to be able to access a power source at regular intervals to bring a portable power pack such as the PowerMonkey Explorer or something similar to charge them back up again. Now, rechargeable batteries, there is varying qualities. You can go into stores and buy very cheap rechargeable batteries or very good quality rechargeable batteries. And usually the difference tends to be, not always, but usually the difference is the better quality rechargeables will last longer. So don't automatically go for the cheapest batteries. Talk to the people where you're buying the, the batteries and say what the difference is between the price is. Disposable batteries are often cheaper, but the weight can add up on long trips, carrying uh, all the spares that you'll need. So most of you will notice that there's a vast range of disposable batteries available in the market, but if you can afford them, use lithium batteries for longer trips. They're not cheap, uh, and in fact, um, for a normal week-long trip, uh, my GPS, I'll go through uh, three sets of lithium batteries at the cost of around about $54. Um, but if I were using cheaper batteries, I'd be replacing batteries uh, a couple of times a day and the costing would actually get up there. The other advantage with lithium batteries is they tend to be slightly lighter than alkaline or non-alkaline batteries, not by much. Uh, and lithium batteries also perform much better in cold weather. So you find that it's not unusual in snow conditions or very frosty conditions, batteries just tend to burn through their use quite quickly. And this is where the lithiums will tend to be uh, coming to their own. Uh, whichever type of battery you use, ensure that a f uh, they're fully charged if you're using rechargeables or fairly new if you're using risk disposables. Uh, and remember to take them home with you and don't throw them away on the trail. So... Now we're going to talk a little bit about etiquette, and we've already covered uh, some of this um, in the podcast uh, so far, but just to highlight a, a, a few things um, I think that, you know, will be helpful to you and also to make sure that you're not inadvertently um, annoying your fellow hikers. So one thing that does uh, fall under etiquette is don't blind other hikers. 
Um, mo- mostly we don't set out to do this, but we sometimes forget that, particularly if we've got a headlamp, that we've got something on our head. And as Tim said earlier, when you're talking to someone, you we want to make eye contact with people. And when you do that and you've got a headlamp on your head, that directs the light towards their face and uh, you can blind them. So turn your beam towards the ground um, when you're talking to people. Um, I must admit, I tend to take my headlamp off and maybe attach it lower to the body um, if I am going to be sitting in a, in a group talking to people so I don't inadvertently shine the light in places I don't want. It's not so much of an issue with lanterns. They don't, as we've said earlier, tend to cast the sort of light that is a, a focused beam. Another thing you need to think about is um, avoid moving quickly and flashing light all over the camp. It really, uh, you know, never ceases to amaze us how jittery people become um, as soon as you put a torch either on their head or in their hand. What you want to do is make slow, deliberate movements. Um, and this also uh, applies to when you're returning from the long walk after a call of nature. Um, so, you know, your torch isn't there to um, shine up everything that you might see or every piece of ground or whatever it might be. It's to help you um, avoid some obstacles along the way. So you just need enough light to see things that are around you. You you don't have to see everything uh, in the greatest amount of detail. So that's the next thing. Remember why you're carrying a torch. You really just want to be able to see the general direction in which you're going um, or enough to focus on a specific task um, but not to see everything in your peripheral vision. And sometimes you can actually see better if you're not shining the torch in a particular direction. So remember that when you're in the dark, your eyesight will adjust to some extent. The more you use your torch, the more you rely on your torch, the less opportunity you have for your eyesight to adjust. And I think that's that's an important thing to consider. It's it's one thing going into a store and saying, give me the brightest light that you've possibly got. <laughs> and, and in some instances, that may be what you need. And as I said, from a, a, you know, if you if you really are into night hiking, having a good powerful beam is probably a, a, a real consideration. But if you're going out to look at wildlife, um, having a really big powerful beam is going to scare a lot of the wildlife off. Um, so you're likely, even though you've got a brighter light, you're likely to see less wildlife because it's been scared off. So having a slightly lower uh, power beam or having a high power torch turned down is often going to be a better option. So the next thing I'll talk about is um, what happens when you've uh, pitched your tent next to someone who's a really big light user and you know, that might not be so much of a problem when everybody's up and about, um, but when you've all decided to settle in for the night and you've got um, one tent in your group that's just glowing um, from the light, that can actually disturb others. And if they're a 
a jittery light user, so they're flashing their light all over the place, that can really annoy others. So think about what that looks like from outside your tent if you tend to rely heavily on your torch when you're in your tent. Um, because inadvertently again, and I'm sure it is inadvertent, um, you can be shining the light across the, uh, the campsite, um, and focusing on others. Um, this also applies when you are returning from your, your walk, um, after a loo break, um, when others are asleep, do your best not to shine your light onto someone else's tent. Okay, so just as a final thought on choosing a light, the type of torch you use is a, is a really a surprisingly personal sort of choice. So while your friend or fellow hikers might recommend a light, it's probably best to use that as a guide and maybe even borrow one if you can do to start with to see if it's going to suit you. If the focus, um, really that when you're choosing a light, the focus is on the main type of nighttime activity uh, that you'll need a torch for. So is if it is it for group gatherings? Uh, in this case, you probably want a broader beam uh, or possibly a lantern. Uh, if it's for personal use, a narrower beam is often better. Uh, if you then focus on what fits your grip in the case of a handheld or what is comfortable sitting on your head, if you're looking at a headlamp, um, you'll make another step towards choosing the right light for you. Things like battery usage and durability tend to come after that. So it's really comfort and um, uh, providing the actual um, things that you actually need tend to be the first choice. The last thing you really want to focus on is cost. And this is because there are plenty of uh, cost options out there uh, in each of the light categories. So don't necessarily go for the cheapest light or for the dearest light unless that's the light is that, that suits what you need it to do. Uh, now, one final thought is that a single light may not meet all your needs. So between us, Jill and I own five lights uh, and each of them has their own particular use. So as mentioned, uh, I've got two headlights that I use when I'm hiking um, and one of them is a ultralight, uh, not a particularly high intensity light, uh, but if I'm doing longer trips uh, where I'm not doing lots of night hiking uh, or the trails are in good condition, that's what I'll use. If I'm doing lots of night hiking in areas where I'm not familiar with and the trails are a bit sketchy, not particularly good condition, then I'll you want a higher powered beam, uh, which for me means a rechargeable. Uh, and I do actually carry a battery pack to charge my torch and my um, phone and my uh, Fitbit and everything else that I'm carrying with me as well. <laughs> and and I have one headlamp um, on any one trip and I'm a pretty light user of that headlamp. So there's kind of the, the different extremes of, of what we do in practice. And I must admit, I mean, you know, that's, that's probably a good point that Jill's mentioned there. I'll only ever carry one torch with me on a trip and it means I need to make a decision before I go what I'm going to be doing. So if I've, if I've said I'm not going to be doing um, intense night hiking and I don't bring the right torch as a result, uh, it means I've got to be really th thinking about whether I want to change my mind and potentially put my safety at risk. So it's really a, a matter of thinking about what you want to bring with you.
Okay, that's all for today's episode. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed and hope we've uh, provided a bit of illumination on the subject of lighting for you. <laughs> I don't know how um, many puns we could get into uh, this podcast and article about light and shedding light and casting light, but we've done it, I think. Next week's episode is a bonus episode for August 2017, and we'll be interviewing John Feeney from the Hiking Society. Okay, so as usual, this episode is available from download from SoundCloud, from iTunes and Stitcher Radio, as well as from our website. And if you'd like to help us get the message out there about the podcast, please rate us on iTunes uh, just to get us higher up in the rankings. We hope you've enjoyed, and that's all for, for me for this week. Bye for now. And bye from me.